Welcome to American Influencer Real Talk. I'm Christopher Crellin, CEO of the American Influencer Association. Today, we have a special holiday episode with singer-songwriter Kimberly Locke. Kimberly has had eight top 20 hits, five number one dance singles, and she's the only artist to have a number one holiday single three years in a row. Grab your hot chocolate and be sure to enjoy the holiday spirit. And now, here's your host, Josh Skinner. Hello and welcome to this edition of American Influencer Real Talk. It's our holiday special with the one and only Kimberly Locke. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm, you know, I'm it's it's the Christmas spirit, man. It I'm is. I'm telling you, I feel it already. <laughs> now, speaking of the Christmas spirit, uh-huh. you are the only artist in the history of the Billboard charts to have three consecutive number ones on the Christmas charts. What is that like? So that's kind of wild. When I hear you saying it back to me, um, it still sounds wild. It was weird then, like weird in a good way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I remember the Billboard article being written and they were listing the songs out and who I was in the company of, like Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, a lot of people know you from your time on American Idol mm-hmm. from 2003, but you've had an incredible career. What has it been like to kind of break that shell of being associated with American Idol, or is it a positive thing? You know, I think that you got to embrace it, Mm. especially like when you're right off the show, you're fresh off the show. And that's how, like you said, that's how everybody knows you. And I think that a lot of us get off the show and we resist that and you have to embrace it. Like, you know, and that's just what I, what I've done all along. It's like, yeah, I was on American Idol and I was this little country girl from Tennessee who nobody knew. And when I went on that show, everybody knew me. They're like, there's that girl from American Idol. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you can, you can either, you know, resist it or you can embrace it. And I, you know, I believe that I chose to embrace it because it's a part of my history. You know, it is a part of my story forever. And you've had an incredible story so far. I've had a great freaking story, man. Like it's, you think about, I think about some of the things that I've done in my career that had somebody asked me, I never would have said those things because I didn't know that they were out there, they were available. I just didn't know it was an option. Like one of the very first things I did after American Idol, my friend partnered me me up with a charity, um, the Elizabeth Glazier Pediatric AIDS Foundation. And before I knew it, I was in South Africa for 11 days, like in a safari, like in these (laughs) villages, like working with people. And I was like, who knew that I would get to do this? And that's kind of been one of my favorite things is traveling the world and just meeting people from all walks of life. Well, you've had four studio albums Mm -hmm. and two of them have been holiday albums. But before we get into that, I want to talk about some of your uh, huge achievements. (laughs) All right, let's talk about some of your career achievements. Now, I mentioned that you've released four albums, two Mm -hmm. of which are holiday albums. And among your many achievements, you've had eight top 20 adult contemporary hits, (laughs) four number one dance hits, and your number one club hit, uh, the remake of Band of Gold, was actually included in Billboard's top 50 dance songs of the decade. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? You know, it's really funny because I forget those stats. I'm not really big on stats. You know, I know they're important and I know they matter. Um, But 
you know, I have to write my bios sometimes. People are like, or, or I, you know, I have my bio written, but when I send it to people, I'll glance over to make sure everything is right. And I see those stats in there and I'm like, that's hilarious. It's great <laughs> though, because I think when I was on American Idol, you know, we were in a different time, right? So the label that I was with, Curb Records, they had a very good presence in the AC world. And so they just kept putting me into the AC world. And then, unbeknownst to me, they were remixing every song that I put out. So now I had this whole other career in the dance world. So it's been really great. Now, you're known for Eighth World Wonder, Mm -hmm. Change, and Finally Free. Now, I would say everyone knows Eighth World Wonder. That was huge. Uh, What is it like, like 18 years later, still hearing it? Because I'll go to Ralph's, and it's playing every time. (laughs) And it's like, how many times do I have to text you going, Kim, I'm at the grocery store? So you and other people, I've gotten plenty of video messages. Like, I'm in the grocery store jamming out to Band of Gold, and Eighth World Wonder is playing. It's, It's really funny. So they play Eighth World Wonder a lot, the casino. So I get a lot of <laughs> casino messages. Um, you know, it's it's really great. When I put out um, the first album, which Eighth World Wonder was a part of, my um, the head of promotions uh, called me and he said, hey, kid, because I was a kid in my 20s. He said, from this day forward, you'll never not have an album out. Wow. How does that feel? Wow. And back then, we were still releasing physical CDs. So I went to Target, corporate, and did a show there. I had a whole um, display in the Target store. Um, number one selling single. Like, who, you know, it's 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 just so funny how it's been 18 years, but it seems like a long time. But that's a really short period of time, and things have changed so much, you but- know. Let's talk about that. You know, there yeah. wasn't social media back oh in the day. Oh my gosh, no they, social media. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but even then, like that's when the internet was just starting to like pop. And um, we actually, our season, we had one computer in the house. It was dial up, the slowest internet ever, right? But people were getting up early in the morning to be the first one on the computer and they were reading all the comments. It was devastating. So finally they took the computer out of the house because they were like, you can't read the comments. Like you can't, you can't read the comments and continue to show up and be your best self every week after week after week. Like it doesn't work that way. Um, So yeah, the internet was not a big deal. You know, like I couldn't imagine being on the show now where people are instantly tweeting and commenting. So when you come off stage, you're picking up your phone and people are either saying they love you or you sucked. <laughs> like it's, it can't be good. It's funny that you said that I've interviewed a few people and they're, they have to just disable their notifications yeah. because half the people love them. The other people are like, can you believe that? He I sounds know. like Oscar, I know. Oscar the Grouch yeah. drinking, you know, fluid. And And unfortunately we, you know, the negative resonates way more than the positive. And I don't know what that's all about. That's human psychology, I guess. But yeah, it's got to be tough for the contestants that are on now. Every episode I ask our celebrity or influencer, how do you deal with your haters? I mean, so (laughs) you've had 18 years of uh, good and bad. I just don't listen to it. You know, I think that I've done really well with that because I know me, like I'm very sensitive, you know, and things get in my head. And so I knew from early on that if I was going to be in this business, I couldn't listen. And this, sometimes that's easier, you know, said than done. And it's easier at certain times than at other times, depending on where you are and what you're doing in your life. But I think overall, I've done a pretty good job of blocking it 
out, you know, mm. and just not paying attention to it and just following the things that I love to do, you know. When did you first feel that you were influential? <laughs> I know. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, probably on American Idol. Mm. And I'll tell you, there's something about knowing that there are young people out there watching you and listening to you. Um, so I remember um, going on tour and a crowd of little girls wearing pink hats because I wore a pink hat on American Idol one time when I sing that Neil Sedaka song, that Connie Francis song, Where the Boys Are. And all these little girls showed up in pink hats. And I was like, really? You know, like I couldn't believe it. And then another time when I knew that, here's when I knew that not only I was influential, but that I could be even more influential was when I worked for Lane Bryant. That was probably one of my most impactful, besides American Idol, it was probably one of the most impactful things that I did in my entire career. And they signed me as a spokesperson, which they hadn't had very many. I think it was me and Queen Latifah. And, um, they did a tour of all their flagship stores. So we went across the country and the women that came out to meet me and the things they said to me, I was like, wow, like, oh my gosh, like I have a huge responsibility to be a positive influence for these women because right now they're so proud that I'm representing them. Like it was really powerful. Is there any shame from the women that they're plus size or? Well, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know? So Lane Bryant has this amazing, um, you know, it's an amazing niche, right? And, you know, now I think we're living in times where it's all about embracing who you are and embracing your body and and living and loving the body that you have, you know? Um, but I think that's what it was all about for them, that they, that those women saw something, they saw something in me that they saw in themselves. And I just happened to be the billboard, right? And it resonated with them. And they were like, yeah, like I'm I'm plus size or I'm curvy. Forget about plus size because what does that even mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but it was it was really powerful because I do think they had a lot of negativity, you know, swirling around in their own heads and in their own lives. So to see me coming off of American Idol and representing and owning my body, it's empowering for them. And that's huge influence. That kind of brings me to my next question. How do you hope people that follow you, um, how do you want them to be influential? You know, I, I have a I have an online group that where I coach. It's called the Journey to a Better You, and you know that's my motivation and my inspirational speaking. And and this is what we talk about. It's like you're one person, but don't underestimate your oneness, right? Mm. Your individualness, right? It's powerful because people, you say more when you say nothing because people are always watching, you know? People are always watching you to see what you're doing and how you're managing yourself and your own situations. And I think that's why, you know, people get so upset because, you know, people who are watching or pe- or fans, they get so upset at the people they're following because they're putting out one message and then they're doing another. Mm. You know, they're not really, they're not being authentic. And so one of the things that I say to 
all of the people that I speak to on a public uh, forum or people that I coach individually or, you know, that I mentor, I say to them, be authentic, be you. That's what you're good at, but you got to know who you are so that you can be good at it, you know? And, and it's not, and, and I think that doesn't take any work from any of us to be authentic and real. And that's all I ask of anybody. Just show up and be you. Don't try to be somebody else. For some of us, it's hard to be authentic all the time. Mm-hmm. What's your um, advice? Mm-hmm. Do it anyway. And the people who can't, I just, I was just having this conversation the other day with somebody where I said, um, you know, sometimes people don't appreciate or don't want or don't like my honesty. Mm. I don't know how to be any other way because to do anything other than that, it's too much work for me. You know, it's like, you got to think about what you're saying and what did I say before? And because it wasn't authentic, now I'm really overthinking it, you know, and I'm probably getting it all wrong, right? I'm not keeping my own story straight. So I, you know, it's one of those things where I've learned that you can say whatever you need to say if you have good delivery. And that also impacts your influence. You know, nobody wants to be, uh, you know, nobody wants to be berated, you know, and nobody wants to be talked down to and screamed at or criticized, right? But, you know, sometimes there are messages that just need to be delivered and they're not always pleasant. They're just truthful. But if you deliver it correctly, it can be received. It's all in your delivery. That is so true. It's so true. Yeah. I can tell you, Josh, that sweater is ugly. <laughs> or I could say, you know, Josh, we're going to such and such place. Do you want to change your sweater? Yeah. Right? And you're going to be like, where are we going? Right? You're not even going to hear the fact that I think your sweater is not great, you know? Just to be clear, it's a blue hoodie <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> it actually is cute. You know, I was just using that as an example. Don't go home and throw it away. <laughs> now you've released two Christmas albums. Uh, what are some of your favorite Christmas songs? Oh my gosh, I love this question. So one of my favorite Christmas songs is Frosty the Snowman. Oh, I just love it. And it's my favorite Christmas cartoon. Like, I just, I love it. That That is my favorite. Um, and then probably, you know, one of my favorite Christmas songs that I think everybody loves is Oh Holy Night. It's just so powerful and and so beautiful. And, you know, Mary, Did You Know? Oh, another one of my favorites. You asked me for one, no, but I, I gave love, you three. No, those are all, I love all of those. Yeah. And your three number one Christmas songs were Up on the Rooftop, or excuse me, Up on the Housetop. Up on the Housetop. Jingle Bells. Yep. And what was the third one? Was it Frosty? <sighs> I don't know. That's a really good question. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that the other day. Um, I don't know. We'll have to look that up. Well, a fun fact is that mm-hmm. you uh, knocked Kelly Clarkson off the number one <laughs> spot with Breakaway. So did you oh, know that? that like a, I did know that. It was like a year that she was number one with Breakaway. And my Christmas song And then your like Christmas song right came off. out and then you're like, done. <laughs> There's no more that Breakaway. so funny. Do you know what's so funny? I was supposed to record Breakaway. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody Avril told me that. that. Somebody told me that like, you know, right after she released it. And I was like, why would you tell me that? Like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to know that. Somebody who worked with Clive, they were like, so did you know that we had that song on hold for you? And I was like, 
No. <laughs> and don't tell me. Don't, didn't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. tell me about your new album that's now out. You yeah. have uh, a bunch of new songs, including yeah. Meli Kalikimaka, which are- Meli Kalikimaka, yeah. It's the thing to say. On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. So tell me about this album. So Christmas is here, um, is the album. And it's been quite the year. You know, COVID has happened. And, you know, during COVID, I- this is my second album that I've released during COVID. So oh. it's like, I don't know what happened to me, but I was like, let's crank out some music, man. Let's get it done, right? So um, Christmas is Here is really, I've had a lot of fun recording this project. I recorded it with a band out of Brooklyn called EMP3, Eli, Manny, and Patrick. And they are just so much fun and great musicians, you know, just really good. And, you know, I went into this saying, I just want to do another Christmas album. I had great success. Let's do it again. And we didn't talk about what we wanted the album to sound like or anything. I just picked the songs. And what was really important to me about this album is that I picked obscure Christmas songs that maybe people did not know or versions of Christmas songs that people did not know. And I'm so proud. I'm so proud of this project. Christmas is Here is the title track. And that song is a cover. And it was originally done by Donna Summer. No. Nobody knows that. No way. I cannot believe that nobody knows that. She she actually sung the song and co-wrote it. And it was released on her holiday album. Yeah. I love Donna Summer. I know. And so I felt like that was kind of my... My tribute to her, and because she was amazing, and I met her once, and so it was kind of like, you know what? I want to do this. Like, I want people to hear this song and know it. What was Donna Summer like in person? She was awesome. So, she was a tall lady. Okay. Um, very like calm and just you know confident, and so we were on a plane together, flying to Nashville, and I think we were flying from LA, and when I got on the plane, I was like. I know that lady. And you know how when you think you know somebody, you can't stop staring? Oh my God, it was bad. So I'm staring at her like most of the flight, peeking at her through the seat. Like, who is this lady? You know, it's a long flight from LA to Nashville. So So we get off the plane. We're at baggage claim. And it must have been cold. It was cold. We had our winter coats on. And she... I was, I, she was right in front of me. I was like, let me walk a little bit faster. And so I got up beside her and I said, I'm sorry. I said... I know you, and I just can't. I said, I've been on the plane racking my brain. And she looked at me so <laughs> calm. She was so calm. She said, well, I know who you are, Kimberly Law. <gasps> and I died. I wanted to crawl into the fibers of the carpet. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I was like, you're Donna Summer, and I couldn't remember. Wait, did she say that she's Donna Summer, or did no, you know immediately? No, right <laughs> it came right to me. As soon as, it, as soon as she said it, I was like, oh, my gosh, she knows who I am. Like, it was like, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, my gosh. I was so embarrassed. See, you were influential. I was influential. <laughs> she was so awesome, though. She was great, yeah. Well, what do you want? our listeners to take from this interview? Um, What do I want your listeners? Um, We are living in a time where everybody has mad, mad potential to be influential. Mm. And we see it in social media every day because the influencers are not celebrities. They're influencers, right? And so I think more than ever, 
people have a platform and whatever your platform is, you know, use it for good. You know, that's it. Um, and do something that you're passionate about, you know, because you don't have to work hard at being influential when you're passionate about what you're doing. Um, and don't just do something because it seems like the trendy thing to do, you know, because that won't last. Um, but I would just say we all have the ability to be influential. We just have to decide how do we want to influence people, right? Because there's good influence and there's positive and there's negative influence, right? So it's like, how do you want to influence people? And, you know, go for it. If you're sitting at home listening to this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to do something for 10 years, do it already. Do it. Because the thing that I've learned is this just happened the other day. A girl posted about my Christmas album and she said, Christmas without you just helped me so much because I lost my father during COVID. And she said, we're going to make it this Christmas without him. And she's like, thank you so much for that song. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was an influential moment. Whew. Yeah. Well, if our listeners want to follow your journey, where do they follow you? So you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. That's mostly where I'm active. Um, and all of my handles are the same. I'm so happy about that. It's at Kimberly Locke, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. If you leave out the E, you're going to get some other Kimberly, and I'm just not responsible for <laughs> what shows up over there. <laughs> Be smart. Be smart, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on our special holiday edition of thank American you. Influencer Real Talk. This was a blast. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you spotlighting the Christmas album. And go check it out. It's upbeat. It's fun. Like when you're cooking for Thanksgiving and for having your friends over or just making holiday whatever, put that album on. You will definitely be dancing and shaking around the kitchen. And from Kimberly and I, we want to wish you a very happy holiday. Happy holidays. I hope you were inspired by our special holiday episode with Kimberly Locke. Remember, you can keep up with the latest episode of our podcast by visiting us at AIAawards.com and by subscribing to our show on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to follow us on social media at AIA Real Talk Podcast. That's AIA Real Talk Podcast. American Influencer Real Talk is produced by Christopher Krellen, Bethany Krellen, Josh Skinner, and it's edited by our friends at Lasting Media. Original music composed by Aunt Joshua Hendricks Music. And now, here's our CMO, Bethany Krellen. Thank you for listening to the American Influencer Real Talk. We hope you enjoyed. We are so passionate about all of you, our fans. We want you to be part of the AIA family. You can check out our beauty bundle, which supports our influencer community at AIAawards.com. Want to be a guest on The Real Talk? Send us a message on social. We can't wait to stay connected with you all and don't miss the next episode next week.